This podcast contains mature themes and explicit language. Movie Lovers is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Both of my quotes are just from Mallory because none of the dialogue in this movie was worth wasting pen and <gasps> on. How dare you stand where he stood? That was the first one in my list. I could even respond to your fucking heresy with a fucking quote from this movie. All right. So Mallory said, my period is coming, so I'm going to be extra emotional. Is up, Jojo Jacobson. Hello, Mr. Potter. Oh God, Here it's we go. starting. <laughs> uh, well, hey everyone out there in movie land, thanks for tuning into today's episode of Movie Lovers. This right here is Jonah, and he's a musician. My name is Mallory, and I'm a graphic designer, and together we are Movie Lovers. Movie Lovers is a podcast where we take turns picking the movie each week. Whether the other one wants to watch it or not, and we discuss our list of topics. And not wanting to watch it is definitely the theme, and watching it against my will, but I love you, so whatever. Here we are. Okay. (laughs) Doing this podcast every week gives us an opportunity to make the other one watch movies that we've been putting off since we met in 2015, like the entire Harry Potter series. Right. (laughs) Okay, first and foremost... I have to say that about a year and a half ago or a year ago, I wanted to show Mallory how much I care about her and how awesome of a boyfriend I can be. So I told her that I would watch all of the Harry Potter movies, much to my chagrin. So I watched all of them and it took a really long time, except for this last one. And then she pulled the, I'm doing it for the podcast card. (laughs) And so I was able to finally cross the finish line on this terrible marathon. Wow. We were talking about how uh, the Harry Potter movies are seen by some as a Christmas set of movies or a Christmas tradition and made me go, hey, I'd rather watch Harry Potter for the podcast than any other Christmas movie. And there's not even Christmas in this one. No, there wasn't. (laughs) Unfortunately, there should have been Christmas in it. I would have liked to. Yeah, right in the middle of, you know, Voldemort trying to kill everybody. Like, wait, let's stop and open presents. Right. (laughs) He could have set their Christmas tree on fire or something like Fox News style. Happy Christmas, Harry. What have we been watching lately, together or separate, movie or TV? <laughs> Sorry, it drives me nuts when you do that. That's why I do it. <laughs> it drives me fucking nuts. I want to do it over again. <laughs> okay. Hey, Mallory. Hey, what? What have we been watching lately? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we have watched since we recorded the- ah, goosebumps since we recorded the last episode. Uh, was we went to the movie theater and saw Don't Look Up, and it was so fucking good. Yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. I feel like that was my favorite movie of 2021. Yeah. I think we're going to compile a list of each of our respective top five movies of the year. There are a couple more that I still want to see before mm-hmm. I make that call, but Don't Look Up is in my top five, I can tell you that. Yeah, well, the, like, Spider-Man is 
coming out next week, and the Matrix movies coming out in a week or two or something. I think Spider Man. Did you say Spider Man? Yeah, you just said Spider Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that shows how much I was listening. I was deleting last week's notes about adopting Kevin and the new category sounds. But hey, also look forward to the new category sounds. Right. Should we jump in? Let's dive right in to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 from 2011. I picked this movie. Obviously. (laughs) I will just say I picked it because I fucking love it. Even just sitting there, even the opening credits, like very last zoom through the letters got me choked up. I was like, I knew... I knew I made the right decision. I am a diehard Harry Potter fan. I am 32 years old. I am of the age bracket of people that can be considered a Harry Potter generation. Right. And I I am that. I have a Thestral in my tattoo sleeve and the silhouette of Hogwarts in my ditch. She means her arm ditch, not her vulva. Who would ever call that a ditch? I don't know. Someone with a lot of problems. Like you? Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. Okay. So picked it because I am, I am the Harry Potter generation. And also, I mean, this movie came out 10 years ago. So I think it's fucking sweet to do this episode in the year of its 10 year anniversary. But then January 1st. On HBO Max, there's going to be the 20-year reunion, which 20 years since they started making the movies, and all of the original cast members are coming back, and I could not be more excited, and I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. So I think my struggle this particular podcast episode is going to be finding time for Mallory to let me also talk, because... Which isn't going to be a lot, because you're just going to shit all over everything. You don't know that. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm gonna. I'm making a disclaimer right now because I was gonna wait till after we watched the movie trailer, but I'm gonna say this right now because I know that people that are listening to this episode are probably listening to it because they love Harry Potter. Um, I'm not here to shit on this the whole time. Uh, I delight in Mallory's delight for this movie and for all things Harry Potter. So, yeah, it's obvious that it wasn't my pick and that I don't like this at all, but I am going to let Mallory's love and passion and enthusiasm be the main theme of this, and then when I'm talking, I'll try not to be too much of an old cranky fuck. (laughs) Old cranky fuck. Yeah. I will allow your moments of cranky fuckery. Okay. Because you were so sweet just now. But I hope everyone that's listening to this right now, I'm I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I love you. Thanks for being a fan of our podcast. Um, and I am sorry if you like Harry Potter because I am going to be saying some not nice things today. Well, you know what? In addition to keeping me in mind while we're talking about these things, there are also people that are very important in your life that love Harry Potter. No, I understand Namely... The singer of your band, Catalyst Crime, who named her daughter after Lily Potter. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Zoe, you're awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, this will be fun. Just don't hate me. That's all I'm saying. Nobody's going to hate you okay. except for me always because I hate you. Just <laughs> you kidding. I love you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's watch the trailer while people barf. This movie was a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Let's jump into uh, Mally Explains Movies. Um, let's talk about our first memories with this movie. Oh, yeah, shit. Senile Grandpa. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so this was your first viewing, correct? Correct, yeah. Are there other notes there, or is that shit you already just said? That shit I already just said. Okay. Yeah, so this was my first time watching this movie. Before I I agreed to watch all of the movies with you, I had seen the first three back around the times that they had come out Mm -hmm. and hated them, so that was the end of that. (laughs) All right. I've seen this movie many, many, many times, but the first time I saw it, I saw it in a packed movie theater at midnight, and the whole time I sat there in that theater watching it, I was very aware that this was the last time I was going to see a Harry Potter movie for the first time in theaters, and it was so wonderful and so exciting and so sad all at the same time. So in 2011, I was 22, right? Yeah. And I've grown up with this, and this was the end. This was it. I started reading these books when I was in the fourth grade. We started reading the first one, and I read them. It was all through my whole high school years, and I was the same age as Harry when the first movie came out, and it was so magical to be 11 years old and to be sitting in the theater watching Harry 
turning 11 and seeing the books that I had fallen in love with come to life on the screen exactly how I thought they would look. It was just amazing. So to say that it was a (coughs) huge movie milestone for me is putting it lightly. So yay, you like this movie. (laughs) If you're gonna be a dick. I'm not being a dick. Be a dick in places when it's not when I'm being very heartfelt. Okay, sorry. Because that was... It's a very wonderful memory that I hold dear to my heart. And as I said earlier, I delight in your delight. I I won't be a dick. Never in my life have I been in a movie theater so full of people and to have everybody be like holding their breath, even though we all knew how it was going to go because we're all fucking Harry Potter freaks who have read the books, but to have everyone cheer when... Ron and Hermione have their funny-ass kiss, or to have everybody cheer when Voldemort finally dies, you know, it just... Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Okay, if anybody's listening to this, they know that Voldemort fucking dies. (laughs) He fucking sucks and he dies. But yeah, never in my life. He certainly does suck. He certainly does suck. I've been in movie theaters where there have been, you know, passionate responses to things, but... Nothing like Harry Potter. And that will be an experience I hold my whole life. All right. Let's do uh, Mally Explains Movies. Mally Explains Movies. In 30 seconds or less? Yeah, right. All right. How do you explain (laughs) this movie? I can't really get too in-depth because... It's a story that spans seven fucking books and eight movies. But in this particular movie, it is part two of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is the final book of the series. The first movie was a lot of them just running around and hiding and stuff from his Voldemort's come back to power and Dumbledore died at the end of the sixth one. This movie is kind of where all the action happens. You know, they are on their quest to destroy all of the Horcruxes, which are items that Voldemort has split his soul into so that he's theoretically supposed to be immortal. But uh, Harry and his crew are, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are going around destroying those so that they can finally kill him. And I'd say about halfway through the movie is when the huge battle kind of breaks out and it's Voldemort and all of his motherfuckers fighting Harry Potter and all of his good motherfuckers at Hogwarts and a lot of key wonderful characters die but good prevails over evil in the end and Harry does kill Voldemort. That's a very watered down, very very watered down. I'm curious what IMDb's. Yeah. Harry, Ron, and Hermione search for Voldemort's remaining horcruxes in their effort to destroy the Dark Lord as the final battle rages on at Hogwarts. Wow. You should just read those for your Mally Explains movies. Oh, you should just go lick Kevin's little kitty butthole. (laughs) But he He, needs to clean just a tiny bit better because it was a little smelly. Oh, no. (laughs) We're going to have another Brutus here. (laughs) Yeah. Two cats with a stinky butthole. (laughs) No. Yeah. Hey, Mallory. Hey, Jonah. Who did you have for the best actor? I put down, after much deliberation, Alan Rickman, who plays Snape. In this movie alone, I think he is the best actor. But then when you look at the entire series, you know, Snape, the whole switcheroo with Snape is that he has been this terrible asshole that just 
unjustifiably seemingly hates Harry and wants nothing more than for him to fail and is talking shit about his dad constantly and just whatever. Snape's a huge dick, but then you find out in this one that he's been holding a torch for Harry's mother all of these years and he's actually been on Harry and Dumbledore's side this whole time and this is by far the most wonderful part of this whole series for me and for a lot of fans. Runner-up was Ray Fiennes because he did such an amazing job playing Voldemort. And best supporting actor, Maggie Smith. Okay. And you, go. Um, For best actor, I had Warwick Davis because he played two characters in this movie. So, you know, I don't... Um, And then for worst actor, I had Daniel Radcliffe, even though that is not... A category I wanted to add that in. He played two characters in this? Yeah, he played Grip Hook and that other dwarf guy, elf. Yeah, he did. Which one? The one with the glasses. Oh, Professor Flitwick. Oh my god, did I know something about this movie that you didn't know? I knew that he played two characters throughout the entire series. I just didn't remember Professor Flitwick being in this one, but he is... Yeah, oh my god. Hey, everyone out there, (laughs) please... Alright, I'm glad we recorded this. Do not edit this out. I I knew something that you didn't know about (laughs) fucking Harry Potter. On this day in history, this is a national holiday. Oh National Jonah knew something about Harry Potter that Mallory didn't I'm know. I'm so proud Dan. of you. All right, thank you. All no, right, you, you know, know what? what? <clears throat> you knew another thing while we were watching the movie. I'm going to bring it up now. I don't know where I put it in my notes, but we were saying something about Neville, and you cracked a dad joke about his long bottom. Oh yeah, I was like, does Neville have a long ass or something like that? So, yeah, and I was like, what? And you're like hey, long bottom, and I was like. Oh my god, nobody even said his last name. I'm so proud of you that you knew Neville's last name without anyone saying anything. (laughs) But, well, you knew his last name. And the reason why the other thing is so sweet is because you didn't know that. Or you didn't really pay attention or whatever. But anyway, I knew it. I knew it. I just didn't know that he was in this movie because Professor Flitwick is there for like two seconds and all the teachers are fighting. Shut up. (laughs) Eat it. All right, worst actor, Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) I need to say that again. That dude sucks, man. All right, let's keep going. We'll, we'll talk about some casting things that I have to say later. All right. So uh, let's jump into the O'Doyle. O'Doyle rules! Hell yeah! I have the bank teller dwarf elf guy, man. You know what I'm talking about? Grip hook? No. No, that, you know, like, when they go into the, like, I wrote it, the... The, the other one? The Dwarf Wells Fargo is what I wrote down, where the dragon is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. one that the dragon ends up killing. Or, yeah, or some, I don't know, whatever. That guy, he, he was a little dick. Yeah. So I put down, and I might pick up on these just a little bit more, because I know they barely mentioned who these people are, but I know who they are, because I'm a fucking dweeb. They did mention the Caros. Neville was talking about the Caros being in charge of punishment, and they really like punishment, and, like, points to his face because he's all beat up. So I put down the Caros or the Snatchers, maybe? The Snatchers are the guy, that's the one when, like, there's that whole huge group of people that are rushing towards that bridge that Neville's on. Yeah. And the guy in the front, they're... Oh, the dude with the Tim Burton pants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, um, They have a little bit more of a role in the previous movie in part one. But, um, but yeah, they're just dicks. There's so many dicks in this movie, but 
these are very fleeting dicks and only exist to be dicks. In this world of dicks. In this world of Voldemorty, Death Eatery dicks. Character you most identify with. I'm very curious. I put down Grip Hook, and I'm. See, I wrote down a quote because you said Grip Hook is a grumpy old fuck. And I was like, then I'm writing him down as the character that I most identify with. <laughs> Are you sure it's not just because he's Willow? It's, it has nothing to do with that at all. It has okay. to do with the fact that he's a grumpy old fuck, which is what I wrote down. Okay. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm going to put all sorts of things in your mouth. I would have thought that maybe you would have identified with Filch. Because he is grumpy, but funny, and loves cats. I mean, yeah. Maybe he'll get the runner-up. Right. Speaking of cats... I made just notes in my margin that uh, the cats of Harry Potter are fucking awesome. Shout out to Mrs. Norris and Hermione's cat, Crookshanks. Okay. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Character I most identify with, I put Hermione. A, because I've wanted to be Hermione my whole life. B, I definitely identify with how she's always like, but we have to follow the rules. But then eventually she's like, fuck it, and does the right thing, and she's a total badass. But in this movie, the moment that I wrote it down is when they're down in the dungeons of Gringotts, or down in the vaults, and they see the dragon that's chained up down there. As It's like a safety precaution, but it's like so pale and white because it's never seen the sun, and they have these like weird noisemaker things that they shake that make it back up and, and be afraid because it's, learn, it's learned behavior that it learns to expect pain when it hears that sound. And she's like, that's barbaric. But if you've read the books, you know that there are several instances where she's standing up for animals of some kind or house elves or, you know, fighting for the rights of magical creatures that don't have any and stuff. So They're fighting for the right to party. Yeah, so, uh, Hermione, the character I most identify with. Okay. For that reason, not for her love interests. Yay. Yay! Wee wee moment. Which, for those of you that maybe don't listen to our podcast a lot, the wee wee moment is that moment in a movie when the characters are shown having a good time. This stems from 80s movies when most times they are caught going, wee! having a good time and bonding yes okay what was your moment when they all got on the dragon and escaped from the dwarf wells fargo aka gringotts (laughs) yeah are they dwarves or elves or goblins or some shit goblins they're fucking goblins yeah jeez yeah from the goblin wells fargo yeah yeah they're um they're very they are the ones that are in charge of Gringotts, if I remember correctly, because they're very shrewd and they're kind of mean, but they're very, like, you know, they like treasure and shit. Mm. Yeah. They're, yeah. I personally, I love Grip Hook's, like, scary-ass pointy teeth. I think they're so cool. And, like, his long, creepy fingers. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Even though he's a grumpy old man. Just like your man. <laughs> uh, for me, the wee-wee moment was kind of that chunk of scenes right before the fighting really kind of starts uh when professor mcgonagall does the starts the protection spells where the sweet armored dudes drop down and she does the whole 
do your duty to protect our school, that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but, like, that in conjunction when, like, Harry arrives in the hall and, like, you know, everybody kind of surrounds him to protect him. Like, it's a moment when all the good guys are, like, coming together and they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking do this. Like, have that kind of attitude. I think that's the closest we kind of get to, like, a happy moment in this movie because there really isn't, until the end, any sort of happiness occurring at all. So that was my wee wee moment. Most iconic moment or favorite scene? Sween. <laughs> Most iconic moment or favorite scene? Zzz. Zzz. I see you've written one down. Yeah. The dragon was pretty sweet. That's what I said. I also have that. I love it when the dragon flies away. It's just awesome. I love that moment when they pause on top of the building and it's just like breathing fresh air for the first time. It's like, yeah, baby, be free. Yeah. You liked it probably because it was metal. I don't know. It was just one of the few moments where I was enjoying watching the movie. Oh, Jacobson, what am I going to do with you? I'm going to need a divorce and we're not even married. Um, Okay, so I've already gotten super excited about the protection spells. I It made me cry. Made me cry. I got choked up and cried three or four times during this whole movie. Yeah, it's true. I looked over <laughs> and she was crying and I was like, wow, you're really moved by CGI. <laughs> I sure fucking am. It's called magic, man. I took some YouTube comments from the do your duty to our school scene. I thought this was really a serious moment. Uh, Somebody three months ago commented, let's give a round of applause for Maggie because she was dealing with cancer treatment and she could barely move. She pushed through because she didn't want to disappoint the fans. That's true. She was suffering from breast cancer, but she has gone into remission. But she's also, like, old as fuck. And the day that Maggie Smith dies, I'm going to watch Hook on repeat for, like, an entire day. Oh, yeah, she was in Hook. I remember her from Sister Act. Oh, yeah. She was, like, the head wet blanket nun lady. Yeah. And I also love her character in The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which might be a movie I make you watch when we really start diving into a lot of the... Chick flicks. Oh, God. That's such a good movie. Um, I always get that one mixed up with the traveling pants. I'm always like, Divine Yaya Sisterhood of Traveling Pants or something. <laughs> yeah, so the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is like teenage girls. The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood are like elderly ladies having flashbacks to when they were hot young adults. Elderly ladies having hot flashes. Yeah, I mean, I think there might be some hot flashes in there, too. They are in the South in that movie. The other comment I had from that scene, just because it was like, yeah, and Harry Potter nerds get like this. We just get like this. Someone was like, did you still get goosebumps 10 years later? And the response is, always. (laughs) Any chance a Harry Potter nerd gets to do the always line, they will, and they will love it. I have another set of comments But I'm going to save them for when we're talking about least favorite scene. 
They are positive comments, but they are about something that I would like to talk about in least favorite scenes. Let me talk about a couple of my least favorite things, and then you can talk about your thing, and then I'll come back to mine and do the rest of the YouTube comments. How does that sound? Sure. Two thumbs up, Jacobson. Two thumbs up. Okay. So, one thing. It's not like I hated it, but it just has always grossed me out, is the, the scene in King's Cross Station. That's when Voldemort has killed Harry in essence, killing the part of Voldemort that is in Harry, killing the Horcrux that is in Harry. And you see that gross, shriveled up, Voldemorty, bloody thing under that bench. It just always kind of grosses me out. That's so funny because it actually made me hungry. I meant to tell you this. What the fuck? It looked like crispy barbecue chicken skin. Oh and I was like, God, God, I want barbecue chicken right it's now. It's like a shriveled, gross, icky, covered in blood. Yeah, but if you actually, like, look at it, though, you might actually get hungry. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, no. This one time I, I was... I ever get hungry. Um, there was this one time I was on tour, and our roadie dude, Ben, like took a poop in our hotel room or whatever. <laughs> and for some reason, it smelled like pineapple. So I wanted chicken teriyaki. Oh, my God. What's wrong with you? So, so every now and then, something gross, like, makes me hungry. I don't know. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a very chill debate online, I think, about what exactly that's supposed to signify. But for me, it's always been very blatantly, like, that is the part of Voldemort that was in Harry that, like, personified, like, if you were to turn it into something. And if you remember back in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, when Voldemort finally takes human form again and he kills Cedric Diggory, a.k.a. Robert Pattinson. I don't remember maze. any of this. Yeah, yeah, you probably don't. It was a while ago. And every time we would sit down and watch a Harry Potter movie, I had to re-explain everything to you before we watched it or pause the movie multiple times even to explain things. Even I though don't you never care. Asked. I don't care. I never <laughs> asked and I don't want it. I'm glad that's the part that was in Harry and not Voldemort's dick. Anyway... The gross thing that they dropped into the cauldron that then they did the spell and it turned into normal Voldemort. It looked like that. So that's just always made sense to me. So the part of Voldemort that was in Harry was like basically a bloody abortion no. under a park bench. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm mean, not allowed to say that. Yeah, you just did. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just Harry Potter and the bloody abortion. Part two. <laughs> the sphincter oh of Voldemort's butthole. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Wow. Uh, one thing that I always really motherfucking hate is when they have the black slate screen and it says 19 years later. I fucking hate that font. The graphic designer in me, and this even bothered me when I wasn't a graphic designer. It's like Arial font or something. Like it's this font that's on my fucking screen. It's fucking Harry Potter. You could have had some sort of cool, magical-looking font. Like, you don't have to do the Harry Potter font, but you could do something a bit more exciting than just, like, what might have been the fucking placeholder before they did all the special effects in the movie. Like, did, you, did you mean to sound Irish there for a second? You're like, it's fucking Harry Potter. Then why did they have to have that one fucking font? I don't know. <laughs> did yeah. I really? Yeah, you were I like... I mean, I am a little Irish. You're like, I'm a wee bit Irish. Harry Potter? Okay. Crikey. Wait, that's Australian. <laughs> I'm done. You're fired from dialect coaches. 
Coaches. Crikey. All right. Hey, Potter. Okay. Uh, you do yours, and then I've got a couple more things to say. Okay, ask me. What scene did you hate? The whole movie and the entire series. Profound. You're welcome. <laughs> no one said thank you. What scene did you hate? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the thing that I You wanted... hated the bloody... Park bench abortion. <laughs> Voldemort's bloody doo-doo guy. Ew. Okay, so least favorite thing that I just wanted to touch on about the movies in general. It sucks for the people who started directing and casting these movies that they had to take 10-year-olds and basically just like blindly cast them and not knowing how the story was going to end or who was going to end up with who or it, by the time they made the first movie like i think only the first couple two three maybe four books were out i don't remember maybe only the first three or something but as they got older i think that a casting director would have made very different choices Harry and Ginny have zero fucking chemistry. The actress that plays Ginny Weasley, I never remember her name, and it doesn't matter because I haven't fucking seen her in anything else but the Harry Potter movies. Whoa, that chick that Harry's boning is Ron's sister? Yeah. Oh. That's why they're all fucking redheads. They're all Weasleys. Well, you can. I know plenty of redheads that aren't Weasley. Well, in the Harry Potter movies, if you're a fucking redhead, you're probably a Weasley. That's messed up. <laughs> well, there's like seven of them. Ooh. I know how they could have solved the casting problem. Okay. Just not made the movies at all, ever. And Okay. That's <laughs> enough of that. Okay. That's enough of that. But, uh, yeah, I've always thought that Daniel Radcliffe and the actress that plays Ginny just have zero chemistry. And it's always really bothered me that I feel like Hermione and Harry have more chemistry on screen than Hermione and Ron do. And that's just something that I don't think they could have predicted when they were kids. And then as they grew into adults, it just wasn't there for me. And both Emma and Rupert, hold your fucking hand for a fucking second, sir. I'm let never going to get a word in edgewise oh, in this fucking podcast. my goddamn thought. Yeah, but I have something funny to say. Oh, cool. You can't just jump in in the middle of me having a fucking thought to insert Every a fucking dad joke. Every one of your thoughts joke. is a thesis paper. Well, I fucking love these movies. I'm not sorry. The only thing that I was going to say is that both Emma and Rupert have both said that when they had to, like, shoot their kiss scene in this movie, it felt so fucking awkward to them because they basically become, like, brother and sister. Hence, their chemistry fucking sucking. Okay. Okay, I was going to say that it's too bad they didn't end up together because then their celebrity couple name could have been Hermione. (laughs) You wanted to interrupt me for that garbage. Yeah, that was the best part of this whole podcast so far. (laughs) Hermione, come on, that's so good. All right. Mm, Your laughter is (laughs) priceless to me, even though I want to punch you in the face. Yeah, and then they could have made a sequel, you know? Well, here's your favorite part about this whole fucking movie is all the goddamn people who died. Let's do body count. I'm going to kill everybody. It is going to be fantastic. Body 
okay, so I had to go on the internet and look this shit up because a lot of fucking people died. And I'm like, well, we can't have actual numbers. Like, in Gringotts, like, fucking 20 or so guards and goblins end up dead when there's, like, Harry flashbacking to Voldemort going there after they left and, like, Grip Hook's dead on the ground and shit. But you're not actually there for those deaths. There's the bridge that Neville destroyed when he's running away from the Snatchers. How many fucking dudes fell to their death there? And then there's the battle itself. Holy motherfucking shit. That's a ton of people. So we're going to throw all of those nameless faces out of the equation and just go with people who are actual characters that we can name. We've got Goyle who died in the fire in the Room of Requirement. He was one of Draco Malfoy's cronies that fell to his fiery death. We've got Lavender, who, when they, after they ran out of the Room of Requirement, Fenrir Greyback, who is a werewolf, was feeding on her. And if you all remember, Lavender is the one that Ron was making out with hardcore mm, two movies ago. I don't know if you remember that, whatever. I don't. I see the vacant stare in your eyes. Fred... Died in the battle. Oh, no, not Fred. Yeah, Fred and George. Uh, oh, the, oh. One of the twins. They're redheads and they're not fucking Weasleys. Yeah, they are, you oh. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Literally how hard it is? everybody who is a redhead is a Weasley. Do you know how hard it is to fault? Like, I can't even with all this Harry Potter shit. This is just too much information. Well, you know what? There is a whole fucking section in my brain that is nothing but Harry Potter names, storylines, spells, and just, like, worthless knowledge you know that's just always going to be there. It's good that you've isolated it into one part of your brain, because when I take you in for a lobotomy, I'll, like, circle it with a sharpie and be like, please remove this part. I'm in the middle of counting deaths. Shut the fuck up. Okay. We're up to three. Uh, Lupin and Tonks. <laughs> They're both dead. I fucking hate you. They're fucking names. Your fucking name is stupid. Jonah Weingarten. Your name's stupid. Mallory. Who's even named Mallory? I am, because my name's awesome. (laughs) You fucking dick. Snape dies. Bellatrix dies. Najini the snake dies, and I'm counting that as a person because it's a fucking character that's been around for the whole time, and it was a goddamn horcrux, and it was alive. Voldemort dies. So there's eight, but if you want to count... Harry dying, because he does die, but then he comes back. Why does he come back? Yeah, that's I didn't get that shit. There was no reason for him to come back, except reasons. Except, oh, magic, me. Well, if... I'm not even going to explain it to you, because you're just going to get that vacant stare on your face. Mallory explains. Harry Potter! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Voldemort basically killed... The Horcrux part of Harry. And yeah, Harry died, but then he came fucking back because reasons. Right. So, suck a dick. So, yeah, I just want to know how many people died. What's the official count? We're not going to include Harry, so I'm going to say eight plus about a billion other people because it was a fucking... 800, wait, a billion and eight. Yeah. Okay. All right. Favorite quotes. You fucking go... We missed the Mallies they need to fuck Kevin. Oh, sorry. Oh, I wrote all geez. the dead people in that part because geez, I don't... Jeez, Grandma. Oh, jeez. Jesus Christ. Okay. Give them to me because I think a lot of people in Harry Potter need to fuck. All right. Mallories, they need to fuck. <laughs>
All right, here we go. Filch and his cat. I've always secretly wondered if Mrs. Norris, like, was a person at some point, but, like, there was some tragic mishap, and she got transfigured into a cat and couldn't change back or some shit, because he loves that cat, Trans- so. Transformed into a cat. No, transfigured. Transfiguration is a subject at Hogwarts that Professor McGonagall teaches. <laughs> You're such a nerd. I know. It's amazing that you can find anyone to have sex with you. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I'll just go find other people because obviously you don't want to. Uh, I, I could. I could I name like five other people on one hand that would have sex with me right now that are into Harry Potter. Uh, okay, let's <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Number two, Hermione and Ron. I actually really don't want to see that. Okay. Ron and Harry. I just think Rupert Grint is gross, so... I agree, actually. I, I hate him and his stupid fucking face. Uh, number four, Harry and Voldemort. I mean, Voldemort does look like a dick, so he could just, like, <laughs> slide up in that Harry Potter colon, you know mm. what I mean? There was that moment, like, right before Harry, like, grabbed Voldemort and mm-hmm. they, like, fell off the castle together. He's like, hey, Tom, let's finish this the way we started it together and like he puts his arm around his neck there was a moment where i was like "Ooh, romance yeah (laughs) they're like let's finish this the way we started together and then they just start jacking each other off on the castle (laughs) end of movie end credits i wonder if voldemort still has a wiener (laughs) so that's what mallory's been wondering and then number five hagrid and snape whoa i'm gonna go with filch and his cat because i'm gonna stick with the scenario in my head that well, he, I don't want him to have sex with the cat, though. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Harry and Voldemort. Harry and Voldemort. No, you you already said no, Fish and his no, cat. You no, can't go back. No, you can't, bestiality, no I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Yeah, but before you said, before you, before you caught up, yourself, you were like, up. oh, you really wanted shut to see it. Filch fuck his cat. <laughs> All right, so number one, this Filch and his cat. This fucking episode has gone off the rails. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh God, okay. All right, favorite, favorite quotes. quotes. You go first. Okay. Both of my quotes are just from Mallory, because none of the dialogue in this movie was worth wasting pen and time. <gasps> How dare you stand where he stood? That was the first one in my list. I could even respond to your fucking heresy with a fucking quote from this movie. My hair, Hermione. Shut up. All right, so Mallory said, my period is coming, so I'm going to be extra emotional. <laughs> And Mallory said, you think he would care that he looks like a penis? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, About why Voldemort. doesn't Voldemort, like, do some magic to make himself handsome? Like, he's so self-absorbed. You think he would give a shit that he literally looks like a dick? Right. Well, he doesn't he didn't give a shit. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. He looks like a dick. Oh. And he was a dick. Yeah. All right, what favorite quotes do you have? All right, well, I already said, how dare you stand where he stood. That just always gets me to Snape. How dare you stand where Dumbledore stood. I always really like it. I just like listening to Maggie Smith talk, period. But when she was talking about um, uh, Neville's like, what, we can blow stuff up? And she's like, yeah, have Seamus help you. If I remember correctly, he has a particular proclivity for pyrotechnics. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she says it. Um, I like the way you say it. Well, thank you. I do love you. And I do want to have sex with you. Okay. You, okay. 
You have enjoyed the fruits of my Harry Potter freakness. That's true. Okay. Here I go. have put on thigh high stockings and panties and my raven claw, like schoolgirl sweater, put my hair in braids and put my glasses on and come into the bedroom with my wand. And I'm like, boner. We fucked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With. My fucking cardigan still on, but on buttons, so you could see my boobies. Yeah, all right, awesome. Everyone listening to this episode has learned so much more about yeah, us. We don't do that a lot. It's not like Harry Potter cosplay is our kink or anything. And not shaming anyone whose kink that is. I'm that sure is that fun. is. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. That is fun. But we have done this a few times, and I am now once again requesting this. <laughs> scenario please and thank you check that box all right sign at the bottom end date yeah i mean i feel like we need to celebrate finally finishing the harry potter yeah. movies you know what yeah you owe me like 10 ravenclaw <gasps> and our fucking christmas tree we did it in blues for ravenclaw motherfucker no that's not why we did it that's it, not why we did it but i'm tying it in i'm tying it in just go with it i know but I, it was my idea to do a silver and blue christmas tree and i don't want that in my tainted. heart in my heart well keep it to yourself I'm, because i'm a fucking ravenclaw all right i am um, i need to get do a you have any more shitty clothes? yeah i fucking do eat a dick okay you can't talk about this movie and not talk about the line always which is uttered by both Snape in response to Dumbledore being like, after all these years, saying that he loves Lily after all these years, and he goes, always. And then Lily says the same thing to Harry when Harry uses the resurrection stone to kind of bring all their ghosts back to be with him. Snape got, Snape did die, right? He got eaten by that snake or something? Or Yeah, yeah, like Voldemort slit his throat and then Nagini, like, Fucked him up. Yeah. Until he bled death. Nagini. Mm-hmm. The snake. Right. Okay. And then I've I've always really liked this line, but it just hit me a little bit harder in the King's Cross station scene, the scene of all the white when Harry died. And Harry asks Dumbledore if all of this is just inside his head. And Dumbledore says, of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that make it any less real? And it just, like, made me want to cry all over again because that's the way I feel about reading these stories. Like, yeah, it's all happening inside of our heads, but that doesn't make it any less real. Okay. See, these are the moments when your tone of, like, this is fucking stupid and I'm all, like, verklempt. Yeah, this is when I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> You're such a fucking reader. Oh. Oh. Hey, you picked this movie. You knew that this is how this podcast episode was going to go. All right, let's move on to a fucking category that you'll have a good time with. Alternate porn title. Uh, it's time for oh, alternate porn uh, title. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. I have a variation on the same one. Like, it could go two different routes. Uh, Harry Twatter and the Deathly Swallows. (laughs) (laughs) Or, (laughs) if you want to go a gross route, Harry Twatter and the Smelly Hollow. 
<laughs> Those are so good, Jacobson. Thank I'm you. I'm really proud of you right you now. You should be proud of me. All right. <laughs> what yeah, are yours? Be proud of me, because here we go. Okay. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay, can I just say that you always have the best... This is how I think this was born, this alternate porn title thing, because the one day you were like... Harry Pooter in the Chamber of Secretions. Yeah. And I right. think it just kind of went from there. So what's, Here what's we go. this one? All right. Harry Beaver and the Deadly Horny Horcrux, but like spelt W-H-O-R-E. Yeah. Because every time you're like, his Horcrux, that's all I can think of was like, oh. I imagine like a horror on crutches, like crutching her way to the next. <laughs> Horcrutch. Horcrux. I know. But it's just what it sounds like to me. Okay. Harry Beaver and the Deadly Horny Horcrux. You know what? Hmm. I think the reason why you're so good at alternate porn titles is because it's just like in your genetics to play with words. That's That's true. That's what your father does. Your dad is a poet. But not only that, it's like you could text him something and then he texts back with some like... Four sentence long, ridiculous, dirty. Something about sniffing a bicycle seat. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, I come from good stock. You really do. You fucking do. Okay. I wonder if my father's ever seen this movie. I mean, this is like eight goddamn movies. I, I feel like if I had to guess, I would say no, he hasn't, because he thinks this is as stupid as I do, and there's no way that Kate is making him watch Harry Potter uh, movies. No, I don't really see your Vermonter parental units, any of them, being into Harry Potter, because it's not really high-end literature. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> I can admit that. All right. Diane moment. Diane moment, a.k.a. noticing things in the background. I wrote, uh, lots of CGI, question mark. Good one. (laughs) I put down, uh, I really loved in the room of requirement when Harry first goes in there to look for the lost diadem of Ravenclaw. See? Okay. You know what? Fuck that shit. You don't get to give me a hard time for not... Uh, how the hell am I... You, like, know what all the little, like, dumb artifacts are named and stuff like that. It's because I love this. Yeah, I know. But, like, I don't know what any... It just looked like a bunch of fucking See, shit. you've seen 10,000 Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. And you love them all. And he you hasn't know all the shit. Well... He, Van Damme has a lot... He's made at least huh. as many movies as there are Harry Potter movies, okay? That's true. So... Let me love Harry Potter the way you love okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I have not seen every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I kind of stopped watching his well, movies. when they started going straight to VHS. Yeah. Once, once, the, the time once his coke habit kicked in full steam. Right. Was, all right. So my Diane moment was when they first went into the room of requirement looking for that. You saw the Cornish pixie. Well, you saw just the one Cornish pixie flying around. And then later when he goes to climb that, like mound of shit to get the diadem. Um, oh, the mound of shit. I remember that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and stop interrupting me. Sorry. And then the whole swarm of them comes out, but the Cornish pixies date back to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and it's when Professor Lockhart is being a fucking fraud douchebag and doesn't know how to 
bash them. They're assholey little pixies. So anyway, that was just a Diane moment for a Harry Potter nerd. Hey, you know what? This movie should Ooh. be called Harry Potter and the Mound of Shit, part um, two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go to bed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah. the cool You're thing, funny. and I learned this when I was researching movie magic, and I'll just skip over it when I get to movie magic, the sweet thing, I guess, I didn't look hard enough, so my Diane moment skills apparently are rusty as fuck, but the entire room of, room of requirement was filled with old props from all eight movies. So the room of requirement is this magical room. You know, Harry like stood in front of it and like closed his eyes and then the door formed. Like it's a magical room in Hogwarts that will present itself when someone needs it. So like if you're standing there and you're like, holy shit, I got a shit really fucking bad. And you're standing right there. All of a sudden a bathroom will appear because that's what you need. In, wow. the, in the fifth movie, the I wish that was a real thing, right? That that would be very handy for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the fifth movie, there's no way to time eating like really spicy food. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm like, oh damn it! I ate really spicy food yesterday. Yeah. Where's the room of requirement? Yes. But uh, so the room of requirement also has presented itself uh, in the. Fifth movie, Order of the Phoenix, when they need a place to train and learn how to do their defense against the dark arts shit. It's like a cool training room, but it also (laughs) often presents itself as this huge, like, junk room where just, like, all of the unwanted shit that people are like, oh, fuck, I gotta hide this thing, and they can hide it in this part of what the room requirement is. Can I come up with an alternate porn title for the one that's the Order of the Phoenix real quick? Yeah. All right. Hairy vagina and the orgasm of the penis. <laughs> good job. Thank you. See, I'm good. I am useful. I am good at. You know at, what though? Something. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix always makes me think of <laughs> the year of the Phoenix. Right, the pyramid the song. The pyramid song. So you just shit on yourself. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, you, you fucking did. Up. I'm gonna make. Your shit up. Okay, let's talk about something that is really, truly awesome. The music. Music score and soundtrack. Music score and soundtrack. Score and soundtrack. Score and soundtrack. Music score and soundtrack. Music score and soundtrack. Music score and soundtrack. (laughs) In this case, the best and only redeeming thing about this whole mess, and by this whole mess, I mean all of the Harry Potter movies. I really love the music a lot. It's amazing. The original theme was composed by John Williams. And then some other dudes came in and helped with other movies, but... Yeah, Alexander Desplat. Yeah. I'm sure there's a cooler way to pronounce that, and I'm butchering it. Desplan. Alexandre Desplan. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I agree with you. The music is amazing. There's a sweet playlist on Spotify that's like all eight soundtracks, one right after another. I have turned that on while I've been working before. It's wonderful. I absolutely love Lily's theme. I That's probably my favorite chunk of music from this movie and maybe all the movies. 
And the whole score for this film is just fucking legendary. A note that I'm remembering from Movie Magic, but I'll say it now. This is the only movie that doesn't open with some variation of Hedwig's theme, which is the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. So this is the only one that opens with something else, which is cool. And I do love the opening music. It's very ominous and quiet and spooky. Yeah. Okay. Is that all you have to say about music, sir? Yep. Okay. Would this movie be better with Jean-Claude Van Damme in it? I said, fuck yes. Harry needs a roundhouse kick to the face. (laughs) In fact, all the stupid kids in this movie do. Except for Hermione. She's hot. Okay. Surprise, surprise. My vote goes no for many reasons, but namely... He's not a British actor, and the Harry Potter movies are only cast with British actors. There could be one Belgian no, actor. No, there can't. He could be like no, there visiting can't. from a different, he, nope. uh, like uh, nope. Belgian Hogwarts. And instead of like flapjacks or whatever they eat at this Hogwarts, there they eat Belgian waffles and Brussels sprouts. Nope, you're fired. <laughs> nope. All right. Okay, moving on to movie magic. Movie magic. I am just going to plow through a bunch of these tidbits that I snipped from IMDb. Obviously, there's a shit ton of things you could talk about this movie in tandem with all of the other movies, but I only grabbed stuff from this particular movie. So this is just basically a list of fun facts. Okay. Daniel Radcliffe reportedly broke... Reportedly? Do I know how to fucking talk? Daniel Radcliffe reportedly broke 80 wands throughout the franchise because he liked to use them as drumsticks. (laughs) That's just... Way to be a dick, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant has stated several times in separate interviews that filming their much-awaited on-screen kiss was an extremely awkward experience due to both Emma and Rupert stating that they've always felt like brother and sister. It took only six takes to complete, though, whereas the kiss between Harry and Ginny took around ten, Ron and Lavender approximately fifteen, and Harry and Cho took over thirty takes by comparison. How did they do 30 takes of Harry and Cho making out under the mistletoe in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? And that was the best take that they chose. I don't care which movie we're talking about. I hate watching Daniel Radcliffe kiss people because he's got the most unattractive, like, fish mouth ever. Even when he kissed Ginny super, super quickly, I was like, you just look like a gross kisser. So... I'm so sorry for the actress that plays Cho Chang that they fucking had to take 30 goddamn takes of that kiss scene. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe has the stupidest fake smile, too, all the time. I'm just going to say that. I was telling Jonah earlier today that I was watching a very recent interview with Daniel Radcliffe on an English talk show. I think I think he was on talking about the 20-year re- reunion show thing that's coming up. But they asked him if he has ever really gone back and watched the movies or if he likes to go back and watch the movies. And he was just like, no, if I never had to see them ever again, that'd be fine. You know, it's like when your mom busts out 
uh, embarrassing home movies, you know, you just, they're embarrassing. So I think he very much recognizes that he was a child and doesn't consider those movies to be his best acting chops. And I have seen him in other movies as a great actor. So by the way, I am loving that Kevin just like jumped up on my lap and is just being so sweet. He's such a sweet boy. Kevin McAllister Costner, high five, Gene Jacobson. When Harry, Ron, and Hermione enter Gringotts near the beginning, Hermione had taken the polyjuice potion to disguise herself as Bellatrix in the movie. Before the scene was shot, Emma Watson acted out the entire scene for Helena Bonham Carter so she would know how to act as if she were Hermione in the situation. So essentially, the scene is... Helena Bonham Carter acting like Watson, who is acting like Hermione, acting like Bellatrix, (laughs) which I fucking love. The death of Alan Rickman on January 14th, 2016, caused the word always, spoken by Snape during his memories, seen by Harry Potter, to go viral across the world in tribute to the late actor. 2016 was the worst fucking year for deaths ever. Namely, because that was the year my mom died. But to have my mother, Alan Rickman, and David Bowie all die in the same year was pretty fucking shitty. That's all I have to say about that, as Forrest Gump would say. Mm -hmm. When Harry already said this, that um, when Harry goes into the room of requirement, uh, the room is made entirely out of props from all of the movies, around 72 containers of props which is fucking nuts. While reading the books, Daniel Radcliffe was convinced that at least one member of the main trio would die by the end of the series. J.K. Rowling said that when she started writing the books, she had intended to keep all three of them alive. However, midway through the series, Rowling was going through a difficult time in her life and seriously considered killing off Ron. Wouldn't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hate Ron. However, she later said that she always knew deep down that none of the three would die. Whatever, J.K. Rowling, you considered killing him because he's a fucking twat and you fucking should have. And Hermione and Harry should have ended up together. That's my two cents. Hermione. (laughs) Yeah. In the story, Voldemort created several horcruxes in an attempt to cheat death. Appropriately, his name is French for flight of death, or it can also mean steal slash cheat of death, which I thought was really cool, and I never fucking knew that. Also, according to J.K. Rowling, the Battle of Hogwarts was fought on May 2nd, 1998. Upon release, this movie set the record for the highest grossing opening weekend ever with a $169.2 million opening previously held by The Dark Knight, which had earned $158.4 million its opening weekend. The record has broken again 10 months later by The Avengers in 2012, which earned $207.4 million in its first three days. So, go ahead and rub that salt into my wounds, Mr. Avengers lover. Yeah. Yeah. Rupert Grint and Emma Watson stated in an interview that they both had casts made casts made of their butts, which were used to make bicycle-like seats mounted on the broomsticks in order to make them more comfortable to ride. That tidbit is worded weirdly. I've read in multiple places, not just the two of them, but anyone who rode a broom in those movies had a cast made of their butt 
<laughs> How much do you want the cast of Emma Watson's butt? Um, I don't want to get too weird about it, so okay. we'll just leave it at that. Okay. This is a little tidbit. I I think I I think it was this part. I was like, I'm not even gonna bother explaining the whole when they were in Dumbledore's brother's apartment and there was the picture of a girl in a frame and whatever she went off and got Neville and was like, I'm not even going to bother explaining any of that to you. That's what this little tidbit is. So even though Albus Dumbledore never mentioned what happened to his late sister, Ariana, his brother Aberforth claimed Albus sacrificed many things, including their sister. This implies that even though Albus may not have killed his sister, it was his ambitions in the past that led to her death. The books confirm that Albus and his friend Grindelwald had ambitious plans to establish a wizard world order, which clashed with Aberforth's... Aberforth? God, that's such a fucking weird name. Clashed with Aberforth's views. This led to a heated duel that accidentally killed their little sister, Ariana, something for which Aberforth always blamed Albus. So, yeah, when Dumbledore was a young man... It was supposedly, as J.K. Rowling said later on, Dumbledore and Grindelwald loved each other and were gay. Which now sounds really weird that she came out and said that Dumbledore was gay and when it's come out that she's so incredibly transphobic. I don't know how you can be like, yeah, I have queer characters and then be such a transphobic twat. I don't get that at all. You will like this tidbit. As with the first half of this movie, Warwick Davis's company, Willow Personnel Management, was called upon to provide little people to portray the goblins at Gringotts. Did you know that he had his own company to employ little people? I did not know that. I think that's fucking awesome. I do too. This is the shortest Harry Potter movie, running in at two hours and ten minutes. Which I have found to be a blessing. Uh-huh. And then I already mentioned the thing about this being the only movie that doesn't feature Hedwig's theme in the beginning. And then I just thought I would rerun over, I guess for your sake, even though I know you don't give a flying fuck, that Lord Voldemort's seven horcruxes were the following. Tom Riddle's diary, which was destroyed in the second movie. Marvolo Gaunt's ring, which is a descendant of Voldemort's that I can't remember all the details of at this moment in time. And then we've got some things tied to Hogwarts. Salazar Slytherin's locket, Helga Hufflepuff's cup, Rowena Ravenclaw's diadem, and then Harry Potter, unbeknownst to Voldemort, and Nagini the snake. See, that right there exemplifies why all of this is just so hard for me to follow or anyone that like it's just a casual viewer of these movies that is the thing that i took away the most from this experience of watching all eight of these movies with you it is really motherfucking hard to keep all of this straight to someone who is not into harry potter and has not read the books and loved them okay take that into consideration in combination with the fact that all of these child actors in this movie are terrible. So I, I go off on this in my bullet points, and so just wait. Okay. But, I mean, there's so many reasons why I just can't with this. Right. And I actually will agree with you that that is a very valid thing because, like I said earlier, 
the people casting this movie when all these fucking actors were like 10 years old, that is just a complete crapshoot. It's like, are these people going to grow up and be good actors or are they going to fucking suck? Oh, well, I guess we're just stuck with this one kid playing Harry Potter and we can't do anything about it. Or, yeah, but that, yeah, it's just, there's some, it's such a combination of things working against me ever wanting to be into this and right. following it. Okay. I Sorry. appreciate that you respect for the most part, <laughs> my love of this thing. <laughs> I respect your love for anything. So, because I'm here to support you. Yeah. We don't have to like the same things. That's true. There are some things that we both like a lot, and there are some things that we are not into that the other one is into. So this is just one of them. That's all. For that, I love you dearly. Do you still have more of... Nope, that is it. Okay. Let's move on to Who Would You Bone? Who would you bone, baby? Who would you bone? Who would you bone? I think I know who you would bone. Maybe, but there's a twist. Okay, give it to me. All right, so obviously Hermione, but 19 years later, Hermione with Mommy Milkers. Oh, my God. (laughs) If I could never have to hear you say the phrase Mommy Milkers ever again, I would die a happy woman. But you know what? Like I'm so sick of hearing that come out of your mouth. I'm it's so been glad a lot lately. I'm so glad that there was an older version of Hermione. You know what I mean? So that way, like she was of age the whole movie. Yeah, no, I know, but yeah, but still, you know, I like, you know, I also like women. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, you know, mommy milker Hermione. Okay, <laughs> please don't say that again ever. M-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-
You should like do a do a side by side. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I'll put my my ugly self out there for the world to look at. Okay. No one's gonna think you're ugly. Everyone's gonna want to spank their monkey to your Ron Weasley face. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put it side by side with a photo of Rupert Grint making that same face, and then the next slide is gonna be a hot photo of me. Just to like, <laughs> just okay. to even it out. One of my hot photos in my Harry Potter apparel with my wand. Yes, with your mommy milkers out. Fucking if you say that one more time. <laughs> I'm going to start, like, ticking off days that I'm not going to have sex with you. All right. I'll never say it again. Okay. I would never withhold sex. But seriously, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You are the greatest, Jacobson. (laughs) Okay. Controversial takes. I'm just going to rattle them off. The Elder Wand. Uh, I've seen this on the internet before, so this is by no means an original thought by me. But I don't know, Harry, maybe fix the whole entire castle that's in ruins behind you and then snap the Elder Wand in half and throw it away. Maybe, you dumb fuck. That has always fucking bothered me. Number two, Harry, Ron, and Hermione should have just been in a triad. I think that's a better dynamic than Ron and Hermione or Harry and Ginny. The three of them have been a trio for all the movies. They should just be in a triad. Wait, so like a triad where Harry and Ron are boning too? Or is this sure. just like... Sure, They're just always giving Hermione the Eiffel Tower. Mm, I, I think it would be better if they were, if it was an equilateral triad. Yeah, so they can they yeah. can rub their wands together. Yeah. Mm. Now that's an alternate porn version of Harry Potter. <laughs> I would enjoy seeing them have some threesome action. And then controversial take, this isn't really controversial to anyone of our generation, but I don't know, I just, I had a few moments when there were shots on all the young people, all the students, and I'm like, okay, you know, they did a good enough, good enough job of having a mix of different races represented. They are written that way in the books, too, so it's not like J.K. Rowling was completely colorblind, but obviously all the main characters are white, so that's a little problematic. But just her transphobia, a lot of people have let that ruin all of Harry Potter for them and have removed tattoos and have sworn off Harry Potter, and that hurts my heart. Harry Potter does not belong to J.K. Rowling. I'm sorry. She may have had some of these ideas on her own, but I guarantee she had a fucking team of writers helping her after a certain point to make all of this lore and to make it all make sense and whatever. Like, I really don't think it's the rags to riches. I started writing it on a cocktail napkin. Whatever. I controversially think it is stupid when people let that get in the way of their love for Harry Potter. And at the same time, while I was looking at all of these, like, young actors playing these characters, do you know how different these movies would be if they just made them a decade later? Like, we would have trans characters in there and stuff. Like, there would be more representation. To a certain extent, you probably shouldn't, like, alter the storylines and, like, you know, alter the characters to be queer if they're not or whatever, because it's not how it's written and that will bother me, but, like... There's no reason why you couldn't have trans representation in this series. So that makes me a little sad. But overall, 
That's how I feel about the J.K. Rowling BS. Hey, how does Harry Potter get down a hill? How? He runs. J.K. Rowling. Oh! (laughs) That's the only Harry Potter joke I know. Yeah. Good job. All right. What is your emotional take? I am afraid to ask. Well, my emotional take. I should like these movies. I am the demographic. I'm a nerd. I love Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies and anything like that. It's disappointing because I always wanted to like the Harry Potter stuff. It just sucks so hard. I never care about any of the characters or the one billion different plot lines or any of the whimsical, magical things because I'm annoyed with the execution. The adults in the movies are great actors, but the three main kids suck ass. And that, like I was saying earlier, in combination with there just being like a million different things that I'm supposed to know and remember all the names. It's it's like there's not even just names of people. It's names of all the little like, you know, trinkets and wands and fucking their pets and just all this shit. It's just, yeah, all right. I can tell you why that is. Why is that? Because you didn't fall in love with the books first. Okay. For the Harry Potter generation, which is me. Which I, when I say Harry Potter generation, I don't mean like people in this age bracket are the Harry Potter generation. Like, no, like all of the people like me who identify as a Harry Potter freak. Yeah, and for the record, I'm not that much older than Mallory, and she likes to make me sound like I'm 100. No, no, I don't mean that. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying, like, millennials are the Harry Potter generation. Like, I think that you're not supposed to just blanket everybody is the Harry Potter generation, because there are a lot of people like you that don't like it and are a millennial, and that's valid. Right. But looking at it from my perspective, thinking back, before these were even movies, when they were just books... They were huge, but I remember the way that the books are written. They're written from Harry Potter, like his first person perspective. They might not be written in first person. Actually, I might be pulling that out of my ass, but they are written from his point of view and you're reading it from the very beginning as Harry is like, he's lived 11 years of his life being a non-magical normal fuck like the rest of us. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, guess what? You are special. You've lived 11 years of your life and your fucking aunt and uncle and your cousin treat you like you're fucking garbage and make you sleep under the stairs. And like, it's, it's like abusive. It's like an abusive situation. And all of a sudden they're like, you're special. Not only that, you are like the most special person in our world and you don't even know it. And you spend the entire series learning all of this shit, learning all of these names and these stories and these spells and all of the backstories as Harry learns it for the first time. So that's why we are the way we are. That's it's not the movies can't even encompass everything. As much as I've spewed out to you watching these movies, there's like twice as much content that didn't even make it into the movies. Okay. The more, you know, yeah. So I, um, I completely can identify why you don't like it. And I respect that you don't like it. I think anybody who hasn't fallen in love with the books probably would hate the movies. And I think I'm going to start 
getting back on that hobby horse. You bought me that awesome set of books and I read the first read the first one and then I started reading 16 other books as I do and uh, I think I'm gonna get back into them again because I miss them anyway okay um so I'm gonna make my emotional take short because I just talked a bunch so this whole goddamn movie is nothing but emotions for me <laughs> I cried like five fucking times this film was the end of an era for my generation, for those of us who grew up with these books and then the movies. For me, it was literally age 10 until now. I've loved Harry Potter for longer than I haven't. The entire Harry Potter generation, we grew up as Harry grew up. So what was I, nine or 10 in the fourth grade? So I was a couple of years younger than he was. And then when the first movie came out, I was his age. As the books and the movies proceeded, they got more mature and darker, and there was more death, and it was less about, ooh, friends and fitting in, and oh my god, this is why your parents died, and everyone around you's dying, and you're gonna die, and it just gets very dark. And um, yeah, we just, we grew with it. So I think that's, the timing was just perfect for a certain group of us. And that's why we're so motherfucking obsessed and are big weirdos. All right, Jacobson, who does your Oscar go to? Barnes and Noble for still profiting so massively (laughs) off this today. Yeah, they do. Like, I just associate Harry Potter with Barnes and Noble because when you go in there, there's still this whole huge section of just like Harry Potter books and toys and games and stuffed animals and this and that and the other And this movie, the last of the Harry Potter series, came out 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's sort of like a never-ending cash-generating machine, I guess. Dude, you could just go into Barnes & Noble and buy me nothing but Harry Potter shit for Christmas, and I would not be mad. This is not like Baby Yoda. Right. You could buy me all Harry Potter stuff, and I'd be like... Like that fucking sweet wizard's chess chess set. Like I can't even play chess, but I was like, dude, I would learn to play chess and play chess with you if you got that sweet wizard's chess set. So clearly Mallory is the target marketing demographic. I truly am. I have that cool wand holder that normally is mounted behind my desk. And I have my wand that I got from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios. It's got two more slots. And Barnes and Noble sells all the different wands. I want to go buy two more wands so I can fill the slots. Sounds like a great usage of our funds. Yes. Hey, Mister, you have four times as many Funko Pops as I do stored. Yeah, whatever. I would sell my Funko Pops to buy a couple more wands. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Hey, Jacobson. Hey, Jacobson. Who does your Oscar go to? My Oscar goes to all of the motherfucking British actors in all of these movies. I think it's super fun to watch Harry Potter movies with people who were like my mother and loved English TV shows. She watched all of those British shows that were on PBS, like The Vicar of Dibley and... Uh, there was some other show about like an elderly couple that like they were in love when they were young and then they broke up and they had 
totally different husband and wives and kids and family. And then they find each other later in life when they're both widowed and whatever. It's like their love story. Like there's so many British shows and my mom fucking watched and watching Harry Potter movies with her was so much fun. Cause she'd be like, Oh my God, it's so-and-so from this and so-and-so from that. But then even watching it with you, uh, the woman that plays Draco Malfoy's mother is in Peaky Blinders. And you recognize the woman that played Rowena Ravenclaw's daughter's ghost. The ghost yeah. of Ravenclaw Tower. She's from Boardwalk Empire. Or Boardwalk Empire, yeah. And she also played a character in Finding Neverland. She played Peter Pan in the stage adaptation that they did towards the end of the movie. But yeah all of the British actors are just so fucking talented and amazing. And I think it's really, really cool that they did that, that they stuck with all the British people. Okay. Moment of truth. Rate the movie one through 10. I'm going to go first and say, I gave it a nine because I fucking love it. And it's like the best movie of all of them. What did you give it? All right. So here's the thing. If I remember correctly, I gave spice world a one. That sounds accurate. This movie is not, as bad as Spice World. And so I factored that into my rating here. Okay. So there's no way I could give this a one because, yeah, Spice World is still worse. Right. By well, far. Spice World doesn't even have a tangible plot. So, yeah. That, yeah, and that's not even the worst thing about it. But anyway, <laughs> I gave, so I gave this movie a two. Oh, my heart. Because Yeah, and I wrote, nothing will be as bad as Spice World. I don't think we've ever been this far apart. In our rating? Yeah. Probably not, yeah. This is, this movie, this movie sucked. You suck. <laughs> All right. Okay, so impact and influence. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, it had a huge impact. It was 10 years of movies. And they're still fucking gold to everybody that loves them or gets to merchandise them or repackage them. They've inspired new movies based on Harry Potter tales, the fucking Grindelwald, uh, Beasts, whatever. I, I don't like those movies. They just didn't... I, I watched part of one on a plane once, and I was like, yep, this is as bad as I thought it would be. Fuck you. And I don't like them. But, uh, yeah, had a huge impact. And, like I've already said, they're doing that 20-year reunion on January 1st, and I think that's going to be really big. So, what about you? What do you have? I just wrote that it's a mass marketing machine. Yeah, it really is. Is it time for Jonah's bullet points? It sure is. It's the things I want to say, but I don't want to talk about. All right. I'm just going to sit back and chuckle at you. All right. Good. You're not allowed to interrupt me. Okay. I like that, that we have this section to not interrupt, but you made a whole fucking stink about interrupting me so you could make your terrible Hermione joke. Well, you know what? This isn't just the Mallory podcast. It's the Mallory and Jonah podcast. Well, cool. I'm so glad that you have a whole chunk where I'm not allowed to interrupt you. I guess you do just let me do movie magic and you don't really interrupt Exactly. Me, yep. See, yeah. there we go. I even like go in the other room and stretch and stuff. All right, here we go. Right. Jonah's bullet points. 
The reason I can never get into this is there is simply no way I can be motivated to care about or follow so many characters, storylines, unmemorable names, artifacts, and silliness. (laughs) I feel like a dad whose daughter is excitedly explaining a bunch of nonsense to him, and I pretend to be interested because I love my kid. It just made me like, (laughs) seriously, whenever you're going on and on about all the stuff that I'm supposed to know and when you like pause the movie to tell me stuff, it's like I'm driving in the, you know, in the front of the car and you're sitting in the back seat telling me about like your My Little Pony collection and all their names and stuff. <laughs> this movie is one ridiculous CGI shenanigan after the next. Hogwarts is a shit school and why would anyone want to go there? Like seriously, it's a fucking war zone literally and everything is always going wrong and people are dying and whatever. Because they fucking murdered the headmaster and fucking Voldemort's taking over. Okay, I rest my case. So like why would you want to go to a school where the headmaster is murdered and then like a demon penis man is trying to take over? You're not supposed to interrupt. Ron really outkicked his coverage with Hermione. She is way out of his league. I love that expression. Yeah, I've never heard covers. that before. That's cute. Ron has the sex appeal of a dead mule's toenail fungus. Whoa. So far, you've interrupted after every single one of my bullet points. I'm not interrupting. I'm, like, laughing or saying one word in response. I'm not allowed to, like, have a response. Voldemort looks like an infected penis. You're supposed to respond. <laughs> wow. Hypocritical piece you of shit. You can laugh. You can laugh. Okay. At that one. Thank you. Radcliffe, Radcliffe should get a Razzie Award. Yeah. I wish I loved anything as much as Mally loves Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Why is Voldemort the only person without a nose? Did he lose his nose in a nasty cheese grating accident? <laughs> I feel like I finished a marathon after watching all these movies. A marathon of turds. <laughs> Holy crap, the ending was cheesy. Holy shit, this movie was like a crappy theme park ride. And in conclusion, I never have to watch a Harry Potter movie again. Yay! Exclamation mark. Is it exclamation mark or exclamation point? I think you can say either. All right. Well, five of them after yay. And you underlined it. And I underlined it like in like oh, three times. Three times. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like I've I've gone to war. I've I've paid my dues. I've I've served my time. And you served your country, and your country is me. <laughs> yeah, I've served my Mallory. And I genuinely hope that you have some appreciation for me suffering through all of these movies when you know how much I hate them. Yeah. That's all I have to say. about yeah. I, I love you. I love you too. And I'm glad there's things out there, pop culture things that we both love. Yes. Together. Yes. And while this is very different than things like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and whatever, but like sometimes <laughs> when I'm sitting through some of that, I get halfway through the movie and I'm like, Jesus Christ, can this just end? Van Damme movies are only an hour and a half long. Well, still, it's an hour and a half that I'll never get back. You're not glad that you've seen Bloodsport? Didn't you say you were happy that you watched it? I enjoyed the parts that are tied to you about it, which I guess is what you could say about these Harry Potter movies, that the joy that I get from it and the experience of whatever you've had with me with it. But, like, standalone on its own, 
fucking no. <laughs> Just fucking no. So I feel like I can answer for you. You're glad, but you're not glad that I made you watch these movies. I'm glad that I could perform this act of service for you. It's yeah, sort of like... It's a love language. Yeah, right. It's like, what if I wash the dishes so you don't have to do it or whatever? You know what I mean? Like anything like that. It's a thing. This whole podcast is an exercise in movies being one of our love languages. I agree. That's be- And it's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Who is picking next week? Oh my god, it's me. I'm picking next week. Well, hold right? on, let's or... look at a calendar here. So, this is going to air... Okay, so this is what we're coming into. Yeah, it is going to be you. So, this is going to air... We're recording this a few days prior to it airing. And then we're literally going to have a week until Avery gets here. So, we'll have to watch your next movie, record it, and... I'll get it scheduled to come out on the 22nd. So, yeah, you've got another movie here. You don't have to pick something Christmassy. I don't think we need to fucking stick with that because we're going to watch Home Alone with Avery and the following week, so the 29th of December, the Home Alone episode will be airing. Okay. So are you going to say what you're going to pick or are you just going to wing it? Um, Wow, that's a list. Yeah, I got a list of movies. Yeah, you know what? I am going to say what I'm going to pick. Totally not a Christmas movie, but we're going to watch RoboCop. Oh, snap. Okay. You did mention RoboCop a few times when we were going through Demolition Man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, so. I'm, I'm feeling that. We need. I need a good 80s awesome-ass action movie. And it's a Paul Verhoeven movie, too, and he, oh. I love Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Okay, I'm a little more excited for it now. Yeah. So, that's cool. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Looking forward to it, I think. Well, baby, thank you for being... Oh, Jesus, the chemistry is so terrible for all of these people. Thanks for being... <laughs> Felch's cat to your Felch. <laughs> Filch. 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 Oh, yeah. Felching is like a, one of those urban dictionary things. Oh, sick. Um, yeah. I mean, thanks for being like the Hagrid to my Harry. Okay. Because <laughs> you're Harry. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, people. Uh, get out there and support your local movie theaters. Again, so many good movies coming out in December. This is primetime Oscar bait window so go see spider-man go see go see don't look up don't look up yes go see it in the theater it comes on to netflix on new or not new year's eve uh christmas eve day but go see it in the theater this is a movie that's actually much better in the theater because it is pretty big scale it's like end of the world shit so and it's a movie that's much better than any of the harry potter movies (laughs) yeah it is thanks for listening to this episode of movie lovers and we will see you next time oh yeah (laughs) that was a beast
Thanks for listening to Movie Lovers. If you like what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your feedback goes a really long way to helping our little podcast that could be seen by the world. Also, don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram too. You can find us by searching the handle Movie Lovers Pod on either platform. This is the part of the podcast where Jonah and I shamelessly promote our respective services that we provide in our careers. I'm a session musician and composer for hire. I do commission pieces ranging from podcast jingles to keyboard and orchestral arrangements, video game soundtracks, etc. The sky is the limit. If you're looking for custom composition services, you can find me on my website at www.jonahweingarten.com. That's J-O-N-A-H-W-E-I-N-G-A-R-T-E-N.com. Movie Lovers is a Mally Creative production. I, Mally, am the owner of Mally Creative, a marketing and multimedia design agency. If you or anyone you know is in the market for social media strategy, design, or management services, or perhaps you need a new website designed or even print or digital graphic design services, please reach out to me at my website, www.mallycreative.com. Again, that's www.mallycreative.com. If you'd like to advertise on our podcast, please reach out to us on social media, on our website at www.movieloverspod.com, or by contacting Mally Creative.